Hey, so I'm not sure if you heard, but we are bringing back the private practice bootcamp experience. So listen, this will not be an ordinary bootcamp. Yes, that's right. We are glowing up your experience and your private practice. So what does this mean? Are you truly ready to glow up your private practice and your life? So I'm talking about crafting a big vision. Stop playing small. Who does that? Okay. We are dreaming big beyond just clarifying your niche. We are actually going to build up your confidence in your business as an abundant CEO. Now, listen, I've had the opportunity to host over 25 boot camps in the last five to six years. And I know that I am really good at teaching and delivering that information. But one thing that I have noticed that is missing with therapists right now is that they need a hype woman. They need someone to encourage them to show up and to glow up boldly and unapologetically. So here are the details. We start on May 20th. We are going strong for four days with also a bonus money session. We also have added our Facebook group with challenges and activities. Listen, y'all, we working. So in order to sign up to participate in all pieces, I want you to head down to the show notes and get on the bootcamp experience list so that you can get started with us. Now, also our private practice signature program DTA will also be opening soon. So make sure that you check the show notes and get on that notification list as well so that you can be the first to know about all the juicy bonuses that we have coming down the pipeline. It is glow up season. I will see you in the bootcamp. Great day. Welcome back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about some of the biggest mistakes that I have made starting a therapy private practice. Let's go ahead and jump in. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant mental health business tools to help you become the person you were meant to be. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 18 plus years into building a multi six-figure mental health business. My goal is to remove the employee mindset and replace it with an abundant CEO mindset. We will uncover the good, the bad, and the ugly of business ownership. I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. My name is Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and the number one therapist business coach. So in today's episode, I will be covering some of the biggest mistakes looking back on my history of having a solo and a group practice that I made in the beginning stages. I will specifically be sharing with you six things that stand out the most that I definitely have learned from, but I also want to make sure that you do not repeat the same mistakes that I end up flipping into a learning experience in your business. So number one is that I did not understand entity structure. When I first started my private practice, it was July of 2012. I did do a DBA form at the, um, what is it, the county building for Los Angeles. However, I honestly just was going based off of what I think I knew. And I had no one around to help me to do this. I did not know that coaching had existed. I did not know that business mentorship or programs 
or masterminds existed. And truth be told, the only thing that I was exposed to related to people helping therapists was a lady who worked in Berkeley, California. I was put onto her during my postdoctoral years and she helped clinicians apply to insurance panels. That's the only thing that I heard that was near coaching. And so needless to say, over time, I clearly was collecting money as a solo private practice owner. It got to the point where I noticed that I was owing money at the end of each year because I did not have a lot of tax write-offs. And that was primarily because I did not have a full-time office at the time. It was very low cost. I was subletting from various clinicians in one, actually in two main areas in LA County. And I was also working full-time at my job. So there was no need to get my own office until I made the decision that I was going to go all in in my business. And then of course I had the group practice because I needed more space. So imagine having a W-9 and then you start hiring interns. So I hired my first set of interns. Initially, it was one. She told her friend about it. I interviewed her friend. They were both a great match. The first individual, she was a marriage and family therapist intern, now known as an associate. She worked in the jail systems just like I did, and she really wanted to work with teenagers and their families. So that was a great niche to have because I can't see everyone. Her friend actually worked with adults, and she also had experience working with substance use. So I thought that she would be a great asset because she can work with a population that I do not. So over time, what ended up happening is they were accepting cash paying clients. However, I was still accepting insurance. As I started to grow and my income started to grow, I met with my tax person and they had suggested that I incorporate. So again, not knowing what I'm doing, I got a friend of mine to fill out my paperwork and then they registered me as a C-Corp. If you don't know the difference and just quick disclaimer, I'm not a financial fiduciary. I'm not a tax professional. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a certified tax preparation person, but I will just tell you what happened to me. This is based off my personal experience. So I didn't understand the difference between S-Corp and C-Corp. The biggest difference was C-Corps are more for like larger multi-million, billion dollar companies like Target, Walmart, Delta Airlines, right? And they have a different set of rules. And some of the things that occurred as a result of me having a C-Corp is that I was technically what we would consider double taxed. I'm not going to get into it, but nevertheless, because I did not understand it, I was losing money. And then I did not owe any money at the end of the year, but I still didn't understand what kind of advantages I would have beyond employees of being a C-Corp. So when I sat down with a actual CPA and not just a tax professional, then I realized, oh wait, I actually need to be converted into a S-Corp. Okay. So with the entity structure, I'm going to say learning experiences, also known as one of my biggest mistakes, is that I lost a lot of money just really not understanding the logistics of having a corporation owing money when having a W-9 and really not knowing how to have that mature, assertive business owner conversation with a tax person to talk to them about my goals and my business so that they can give me their professional opinion or suggestion of what I should do next. Okay. 
Number two is bookkeeping. And so in the beginning of my solo private practice, I was actually doing all of my bookkeeping on an Excel sheet. I call them money dates now, but they were still a money date every week in my practice. I would mostly see clients in the beginning phase on Fridays and Saturdays. I knew that when I got home on Saturdays, I would hang out with my friends or just self-care, rest, lay up on the couch or enjoy my new home. So I decided to stay at the office every Saturday, one hour extra, finish all of my progress notes, make sure all of my paperwork is intact, like all the quality assurance things that you need for a practice and a business. And then I also chose to plug in all of my reimbursements, all of my expenses into an Excel sheet. However, an Excel sheet will only take you so far. Now, granted the tax person and CPA that I had, because I didn't have a lot of transactions because I was very much part-time in my private practice and I did not have a lot of expenses, they said it wasn't a big deal. However, I recognize over time as I started to have contracts contractors, employees under my belt while having a group practice. Now that started to get to me a little chaotic and unorganized because I now am responsible for understanding how to document taxes and all those things. So I really was not understanding the true value of delegation and not just delegating it to a VA, but delegating it to someone who has the professional experience based on my need of bookkeeping to go ahead and just pay them so that I will not have to pay for the mistakes later. Number three is taxes. And so as I've mentioned earlier, I had originally just a tax preparer. Okay. Now before that I was doing turbo tax when I was in grad school. However, when I owned my first home, I decided to pay for a tax professional because I didn't want to miss any type of deductions, anything related to my student loans. I wanted to make sure that also while earning six figures and having various streams of income while teaching and having a private practice, I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything. So I chose to turn over my taxes to a CPA after I was making six figures in my private practice. And that really came from me having a group practice because I recognized that I wanted to have more tax breaks. When you have employees, you do get tax breaks, but you need to understand what is a write-off and what is not. For example, if we're buying computers, uh, supplies, if we are doing training, how do I need to document that information? And I also wanted to be notified if there were any red flags on my account so that I can rectify it in the moment each month versus waiting until we do our taxes the following year. And then I have to go back and redo all of my bookkeeping or try to remember what I did and what I did not do. And so I want to highlight that having a CPA that understands business structure, they may not understand necessarily a therapist business structure, but you need to understand where your business is going. That's why it's important to have a business plan. And then you present that information to them and then they can let you know the information that you need to know. So number four is I made the mistake of not hiring sooner. Okay. I believe that when my clients in the Dope Therapist Academy ask me, you know, should I hire a VA? The fact that you're asking me if you should hire a VA means that you probably need to hire a VA or an admin assistant to your business. So truth be told, the reason why I did not hire is because I had a fear, really a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset in terms of 
feeling like money is going out and how am I going to replace this money? I really didn't understand that this person would be freeing me up to do the things that I love, that I'm more passionate about, that I'm really good at. And that also requires me to bring in more money in the business. So I had that scarcity mindset and I also didn't understand who should I choose for the position? How do I write a job description? Now, honestly, when I sat down and finally did it, I look back at me building my group practice and hiring for an admin assistant and therapist, and I was very amazed at all the things that I learned still on my own, but it really required me to sit down and just do some research on the computer. Now, am I saying that you as a therapist should do the research on the computer right now? You can, but it will probably be a lot shorter in time if you find someone who understands your business. And that's what we talk about in the Dope Therapist Academy, because that program is specifically created for therapists to create or revamp the back office, the operating system of their entire solo private practice. And then if they are interested in expanding into a group practice, they can then apply to the mastermind because they are already making five figures and up consistently in their business. I also with hiring was really overthinking because I was overthinking about, will I make a mistake? You know, will I hire the wrong person? Will they make mistakes? Those things all caused me to just not hire as soon as I should have. And one of the things looking back on my history that I recognized a pattern of sometimes, not all the time, is that I may have hired out of desperation, meaning I still got some great people. I did not have a bad run in with hiring the wrong people. So I will say that I'm blessed in that area. However, I may have waited because I was overthinking things until the last minute. And then let's just say if I have a long wait list of 20 people, then I decided, oh, wait, I need to hire a clinician. But if some of those clients want to use their insurance, well, now I got to wait for them to get approved to get on the insurance panel. That can take an additional 60 to 90 days up to 120, maybe even 180. So if I started to recognize that I needed to hire a therapist, I need to think about what are all the back office things that I need to have in place? Because I see a lot of therapists just saying, oh, I'm going to hire an intern. Okay, are you going to hire an intern to answer the phone? Or are you going to hire an intern to do the paperwork and to see clients? Because if they're going to see clients, you need an onboarding system. You need to consult with an HR professional. You need to talk to your CPA. Because those are all things related to the IRS, the tax bracket that you're in, and also your entity structure. Number five is payroll. So some of the things that I learned, but even though I titled this podcast, let me just give this disclaimer. I may have titled it, you know, mistakes, but I don't think that anything happens on accident because clearly I can teach these things to you right now. So they were all learning experiences, but with payroll, I didn't really understand what is a payroll system. I didn't understand the rules of how we pay Therapist. I knew what the board said, but I didn't know who was designated to be a W-2 employee versus a contractor, right? I didn't understand how to set up my payroll. Now, yes, the payroll systems will help you do it, but it was just a lot to learn in the moment. And I've also tried different payroll companies like Intuit, QuickBooks, Bank of America, which also works with QuickBooks Intuit. And currently I work with Gusto and I'll make sure to add a link in the show notes because if you want to try a payroll, I firmly believe that Gusto is one of the best because they also have a lot of tools that you can use to onboard your team members. And they even have samples of onboarding paperwork that you do not have to search for outside of the system. Now, I will say employee handbooks, you do have to pay to get those services done. And in our community, we link them with our chief of operations so that she can help them do some of their HR 
paperwork and also onboarding new people into their business, whether they're administrative or on the clinician side. But payroll was a beast. I didn't even understand when I first had what's called quarterly taxes, why I was paying quarterly taxes. When you really think about your paycheck, are you truly looking at what the job is responsible for? Or are you looking at what you get paid? And what was taken out of your check for you? And that's when I realized like there was a whole nother column called employer taxes. And oh, wait, I am the freaking employer, which means I got to pay for this. So I'm like, oh, man, I got to pay double taxes. However, I had a mindset shift later outside of scarcity, outside of fear, outside of overthinking, because I realized that even though I have to pay employer taxes, this will be written off as taxes at the end of the year. There are plenty of benefits. For example, in 2020, there were a lot of grants given out for people who had employees. You got paid per employee. I know that I received that money and then it was forgiven. And so there are hella benefits to having employees, but you just also don't jump up and just get an employee, okay? Now, the last biggest mistake that I'll share with you is understanding how to claim my gift as the expert. I did not do that sooner than I should have, right? So initially, I just wanted clients when I started my private practice. I knew I worked well with teens and doing conjoint therapy with their parents or caregivers. So that's really how I position myself. Now that is somewhat claiming my gift, but what I mean by showing up as the expert is literally showing up online, in person, speaking like the expert, not speaking like I'm still an employee and I don't know if I'm good at this. And I feel like that came out in my pricing as a therapist because I was very in fear of charging a certain amount of money because I was in fear that people would not pay me. And I remember telling one of my friends that I feel like people won't pay me 150. Now this was like almost 10 years ago in my first year of private practice. But I remember telling her that I don't think people are going to pay me 150 in this area simply because I'm black. And I just want you to hear that because look at where I am now, if you've been following me for a while and look at where I came from. I had to do a lot of mindset shift work that did not come from a business strategy program like Dope Therapist Academy. It really came from me investing, yes, in a coach to understand my worth, understand what I can manifest and also understanding that I can manifest what I don't want simply because of what I speak. Okay, so as a recap, with the biggest mistakes that I've learned by starting a solo and a group practice includes, but not limited to, because these are only six, entity structure, bookkeeping, getting a CPA, hiring sooner, understanding payroll, and proclaiming my gift as an expert with how I show up as a psychologist in my private practice. So if this is your first time joining me on the podcast, I definitely want to say welcome. Um, Make sure that you comment below, leave me five stars and let me know what was your biggest takeaway. I would love to see you interact with me. And then you can also head over to Instagram and then I would love to see who you are. So like comment on the bottom of the podcast when we feature it, telling people, hey, this new podcast is out. Also, speaking about private private practice. We are in the mist from June 27th until August 17th. We are doing a 60-day run for private practice growth. And so what that looks like is it's a 60-day boot camp. You will get a three-part course in which you will learn how to assess the health of your business, assess the wealth of your business in terms of private practice, and then understand your mindset as a business owner to become a business owner, not just a boss or entrepreneur with an employee mindset. So you will get that into a course. Then you will also get access to a Facebook group. In the Facebook group, there will be a video that's published every single Monday, kind of like your marketing mindset Monday. And I'm going to give you a prompt 
to do to journal on and implement throughout the week. And then around end of July or in the beginning of August, we're actually going to go live for a full five days in which I'm going to um, help you grow your private practice mindset as a business owner in the moment by helping you figure out really what do you want, where do you want to be, how much money do you want to make, who are your ideal clients, what's standing in the way of you having a profitable private practice, who are you not or are connected to because circles of influence is very important to growth. And then I will be sharing with you what tools I have that I will be, you know, potentially gifting to you if you want to have a profitable private practice. This bootcamp is for either pre-licensed therapists who are very close to taking the exam, not studying for the exam, but taking the exam. It's also a great fit for those who have not started a private practice who desire to do so. And then it's also for a last group of people who is actually 75% of those who are in our academy, which are you have a private practice already, but you've plateaued. Maybe you've seen a disruption in your I'm going to say marketing efforts to get people into your funnel to become a client for your private practice because a lot of therapists depended upon the pandemic to give them clients, but now the pandemic has clearly slowed down and now we're in our new norm, which means that the general population, it doesn't mean that they're not seeking services, but we're battling inflation. We're battling people not wanting to pay private pay. Maybe people don't have insurance no more. The co-pays are high and just so many more things. And so we're going to be talking about the aftermath of the pandemic and do you know how to market for your practice on your own? So if you want to learn about that boot camp and go ahead and join us, it will be completely free for 60 days, then you definitely want to check out the show notes, sign up and get into that Facebook group and start engaging. And I cannot wait to see you there. So I will see you in the next episode. And please share this podcast episode with one or two therapists that you feel this information would benefit them. All right. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, head over to drtk.com for additional abundant resources. And if you are looking for a tribe of abundant therapists like yourself to bounce around ideas and tap into another level of business growth abundance, be sure to join our Facebook community exclusively for therapists. The link is waiting for you at drtk.com. Dot com.